This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 133. Yes, we've been here a while, guys, and uh, we took a few weeks off after, you know, we had some technical issues before that, and then and all of a sudden our coach was gone, and and, and since then we've had a, a Frozen Four championship. Duluth won it again, guys. Um, good for the inner schools, but uh, boy... Probably not good for Minnesota that uh, UMD is winning another title there, Viggs. Yeah, UMD has been doing well recruiting players the last couple of years, and this is certainly going to help. Uh, Scott Sandlin was pretty worried about his team heading into the NCHC tournament. <laughs> they dropped a, a bomb there and looked like their season was over, and the Gophers let them in, and they took advantage of their chance. But uh, they've got quite the run going up there. They do, and they had how many young defensemen? <laughs> six of five them? of the five six. or six. Well, there you go. I mean, and Wolf isn't exactly a dynamic guy on the the back end either. So they're young players who are moving the puck. And, and you know, we've complained here for years, Hammy, that oh, our team is young. Oh, our team is young. Well, Duluth just won a title with five freshman defensemen. I mean, that's not yeah, all. But I mean, I, that's I, not all they had to win. But you know what? Um, to have that good of youth on the decor, and uh, you know, defense wins championships is what they say. But you know, <laughs> defense has kind of killed us the last few years, and it's not a problem in Duluth. What are they doing? Well, I mean, I don't know that I see it as cut and dry. I mean, they have some, you know, a couple guys that are real good at the freshmen, and uh, you have to give them props for that. Um, you know, to me, I think it just kind of is the fact that they won. It just is sort of, you know, what we always talk about. You know, if you get in, you have a chance. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't look. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I don't think anybody would say that Duluth was the best team in college hockey this year. But you know, when they did win the games when they counted the most, and so you have to give them credit for that. But I think that's why everybody just talks about you know, get in, get in, get in. Because, you know, they weren't playing great right before the NCAAs. They get in and they get, you know, they go on a quick four-game run. They win it all and it's hooray, hooray, and everybody's going to remember that. But, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think people lose sight of in the long haul. I think about the uh, big picture, you know, what I don't remember who it was. Was it uh, Morrison from Michigan so many years ago that said that the best team doesn't always win? I can't remember who it was, but um, I think that, this is kind of an example of that. You have to give them credit for winning, but I don't think that they were the best team this year. So it is what it is. It is what it is, but uh, you know what? It doesn't really matter, does it, Viggs? Yeah, you were there. Um, how was the vibe? I mean, uh, how was the Frozen Four besides, you know, Duluth winning, winning again? I thought it was a pretty good vibe at Excel. It helped that Minnesota Duluth made the tournament. You could definitely feel that they had more fans there for that weekend than they did for the NCHC weekend. 
and they just took advantage of their run. It's amazing to think of it when Duluth was in the opening game against Minnesota State. They were down 2 nothing, and it looked like they were dead. They, they'd played poorly the weekend before. You know, they didn't play a great first period against the Mavericks. The Mavericks came out gunning. Then the Mavericks didn't get a shot in the second period and let Duluth into it, and they just went on the run from there. I think it really helped them that they got out to Leeds in the next three games, and they were able to hold on. But it was a, it was a pretty pro-Bulldog atmosphere around St. Paul, and they took advantage of it, and they celebrated like they, they wanted to. And that's uh, that's two championships up there in Duluth in the last decade. Um, and uh, it's been a little quiet here in Minnesota since 2003 after, you know, after a long dead time in the 80s and 90s. Um, Hammy, um, Duluth is, is becoming a, a, a power now. I mean, that's that's pretty nice. Well, I think it'll hurt them a little bit now that they've lost uh, their top assistant to St. Cloud. He definitely was very valuable to them in terms of recruiting. So I think that that will do something. Certainly having Amsoil open up has definitely helped them. I mean, that's why Lucci and them have, you know, were so adamant at, at his press conference about, you know, making sure the facilities, you know, at the U are where they absolutely should be, given the status that the program has and, and the money that that program brings to the athletic department uh, they have to continue to invest and some of these smaller schools in recent years they've done that you know st cloud did it duluth obviously had that i mean you've you've seen some of these schools that have been you know doing pretty well lately that had those kinds of investments and um, that's something that the gophers kind of let slip if we're to be honest about it and that's not something that should be happening at the u and you know the one thing that you would say at a for a big 10 school they should have the ability to continually invest in their facilities and their program and and keep it at the top of the heap and they weren't doing that for a little while and it kind of caught up to them and so hopefully now with the new locker room and some of these other things they have um in the hopper that uh that'll kind of sway things back in the direction that we want it to be and Viggs, that's some of what uh, lucia is going to be staying on for the next year isn't he he's going to be working on those projects of raising money for you know the, the new weight room and and you know shrinking the ice and a lot of those uh types of things um that's kind of what his deal is going to be for the next year isn't it yeah it was something he struggled with as the coach you know he had a hard time getting people to give money to the school and i think it's because some of the alumni and some of the donors felt like they didn't want to give the money to him to support his era at the program well now that isn't an issue anymore you know they're giving money to support the university because they want to support Minnesota hockey it's not supporting Don Lucia so I think he'll be more effective there but it's it's true that they fell behind you know everybody in the state made upgrades it's not just Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud you know Bemidji made upgrades Minnesota State's made upgrades then the neighbors to the west uh, North Dakota obviously made upgrades and Wisconsin did as well so there's there's more competition than ever for players in Minnesota and you know people can say certain things about Eric Kaler uh to criticize him, but for the most part, he's supported athletics, and he's got an AD right now, Mark Coyle, who makes pretty fast decisions, and they've made tons of improvements in that area in the last couple of years. So what now, guys? Yeah, that's kind of the, the theme of tonight. Um, you know, We've got Motsko as our coach now, and, and now we're kind of playing the waiting game, Hammy, of who his assistants are going to be. 
Um, you know, everyone's like, oh, who did they keep? Did they keep Gensel? Did they keep Bell? Did they keep maybe just Bell? Is Gensel on his way out? You know, it's sounding like Gensel's on his way out, but it's been fairly quiet, you know, and maybe the possibility of, of Raboyne coming here. What do you know what's going on, Hammy? Uh, I just think it's they want to announce both assistants at the same time. It doesn't really make sense to, you know, have one announce, then announce another one. You know, so I think that that's mainly what it is. I, I've heard, you know, different names. I don't believe Gensel will be back. I mean, I'm almost positive about that. I've heard mixed things on Bell. I've heard he wasn't going to come back, then, but then, you know, I've heard that he was. But then, you know, so I don't know on that one. That one, to me, is a little bit cloudy. Um, I've heard a couple names, you know, we've talked about it on GPL, you know, um, you already, you already mentioned one, you mentioned, uh, you know, I, I've heard, I actually heard today that, uh, Steve Miller actually might've met with, uh, the coach. I, you know, I don't know if that was happenstance because, you know, they've had the, uh, some of that, uh, final 54 stuff going on in town. And so it might be getting scouted by other schools and therefore maybe that person's just in town. So people, you know, maybe rumor mill it, you know, so I don't know. I, I think it's going to be announced pretty soon because I would imagine they'd want to have their assistants all figured out by the time they go down to the coaches convention. And I think that's next week. So um, I would think that that would be what they would want to get accomplished. So I would hope it would get announced pretty soon, but uh, we'll have to see. Vigo, have you heard anything with your work with your work with the athletic? Uh, are they investigating? Are you investigating? Um. Not so much for the athletic, but I'm I'm a little more confident than Hammy that Scott Bell is going to stick around on staff. You know, I think he's a guy who's really plugged into all the local scenes, especially with the the pipeline of recruits that have already committed. You know, as as we've talked about week in week out, you know they look really solid for 19, 20, 21 for players coming in, and Scott Bell's recruited a lot of those guys, and then. Mason Nevers was a pretty recent commit. He's an Edina guy, obviously a Scott Bell connection there. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be sticking around, and I think they're waiting to make an announcement until they figure out the other guy. I do think it's telling that Raboyne wasn't too interested in applying for the St. Cloud head coaching job. You know, He's pretty public about that. So I think that makes him a pretty good candidate to be the other assistant coach. Well, if we're to be honest, though, I mean, I don't think he had much of a shot. I mean, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, hey, I would love to be the CEO of Apple, but I don't think I got much of a shot. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I just think that that's probably more a strategic thing where he's intelligent enough to know that, you know, my odds of getting, the, I, not, I haven't even been a USHL coach, you know, let alone a college coach. And, you know, sometimes, you know, yeah, it's about timing, but I just have a feeling that St. Cloud probably, you know, he knew he wasn't going to get it. So, and, well, and yeah, see, I, I don't know. The only thing I kind of wonder about him is that if he is, like, looking for an open USHL head coaching job, is that part of the reason why there's been a delay? You know, like maybe, you know, Moscow is giving him the opportunity to get that figured out, and if he doesn't get one, then, you know, maybe he gives him a job at the U. I don't know, but he wouldn't be my first pick to be honest yeah. with you but yeah. i guess i'm not going to complain either if it, if it happens it happens yeah i, I kind of read into brett larson's interview on beyond the pond a little bit as well where he said he's pretty confident gibbons is going to be back but he's not sure about the rest of the staff so reading into that as well 
gives you a little hint that he might be moving on somewhere <laughs> else. At least Gibbons is staying at St. Cloud. That's good with me. <laughs> That's good with me. Well, uh, Hammy, I know you've talked about it a little bit on GPL. Um, are people going to be offended if they don't keep some uh, Minnesota guys? Yeah, as, I mean, as an assistant the, coach, I mean that's kind of the thing you were looking into earlier today. Yeah, well, I mean that to me is like the million dollar question because I've heard all these different names and I'm like, I was even having a conversation with a scout today and I'm and and uh, you know he he was the one who had talked you know and mentioned Miller to me and I'm like, how is this going to ever fly to have no alums on the staff if that happened? You know, I mean if like Bell wasn't mm-hmm. retained. And they Raboyan is one, and they like you know a Miller or somebody like that. It's like I don't see how that's gonna fly, it's, you know, especially given how much crap Lucia was taking. <laughs> it's like wait a minute, you're gonna give Lucia all this shit over the over the years about not being an alum, but at least you know he always had you know either Gensel or he had Patoni. I mean, he only had one year where he didn't have any alums, and that was John Hill and Mike Hastings. So I mean. Um, I just don't see how that's going to fly. I don't, I don't know. To me, it would be a little bit ironic and, and kind of hypocritical to suddenly be like giving Lucia all this shit. And then all of a sudden we got a staff that has no alum. So I don't know. That's that is going to be an interesting one for me. I, I still have the feeling there's going to be at least one alum on the staff. Um, so I don't think that'll end up happening, but um, we'll see. I mean, you saw what I wrote on GPL. I mean, pretty much every, Big Ten and NCHC team um, has at least one alum on the staff. There was maybe one or two that didn't, um, like Penn State didn't. But I mean, they're a brand new program, so that's kind of a duh. Yeah, that's not. And then, I, and I think Western Michigan was one as well. But I mean, for the most part, all the other schools had at least you know one alum. So it was. I think that that's likely going to happen here at least too. What do you think, Viggs? You think he's got to have at least one Minnesota guy there? I think it certainly helps. I don't think it's going to be as hypocritical because Moscow, you know, did try to be a gopher. He did go to the U. He did try to make the team, and he got cut a couple times. And that's why he ended up at St. Cloud. And then he came back and was on a staff that won some national titles. So I think, you know, he's he's as close to being a M man as you can get. Yeah. So yeah. I think the alums are going to look the other way, and I think they're pretty excited to have him as the coach. You know, there was a good turnout of alumni when the coach hiring was announced and they had their press conference. And he's an engaged person who really wants to have an open-door policy with those guys. Yeah. And, you know, unlike Lucia, he's going to be real, you know, in communication with those guys over the year. Yeah. I will say that I think that is one benefit that he has is I think he's more of a guy that I think people look at. You know, not that – I mean, we saw Lucia – and his press conference and, you know, he was kind of just a different person, you know, than what we generally saw over the years. It was just more of a, a regular guy, more, there's more, there's like more humanity there than, you know, I don't mean to make him sound like he wasn't a human, but I mean, he just seemed like more of a regular guy. Standoffish. Very standoffish. It just, there was a certain distance that you kind of felt with him. I don't think it was like an arrogance thing. I just think that maybe he, you know, some people, they're introverted and it comes across as being aloof yes, and, yes. It's, and they don't mean it that way, but it comes across that way. And I think that, that he was misunderstood a bit in that sense. Um, 
and I think that Moscow is probably a little bit different of a personality where you're not going to have that as much. And so he's probably going to be more um, of a down-to-earth kind of connected guy with people than maybe what we saw with Don Lucci over the years. By the I way, just think, you know, Don had to work really hard. You know, he wanted to stay on script, on message because he had gotten so much criticism. Whereas Moscow was coming from St. Cloud where, you know, maybe there wasn't as much scrutiny on him. No, but he's a little more off the cuff right now. And uh, we'll see what happens as the big spotlight shines on him here in the <laughs> Twin Cities. Well, I, I think that even Luc- I mean, you, I could see that changing maybe, but because but even Lucia, he wasn't that. I mean, he came from Colorado College and obviously there wasn't huge pressure there as well. And I never even in his early years, he kind of seemed to be that same kind of standoffish, you know, type of guy. I'm sure that his defense mechanisms got built up over the years, you know, with some of the criticism and some of the crap he got from not being alum. So I'm sure that that increased. But um, I don't know that he was ever a guy that you felt was overly approachable even in his early years. Yeah. By the way, Hammy Mote says you have $1 in the swear jar already. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> Ote, Mote. Mote likes to listen, so that's good. He, he's been he's been commenting here. He wants to talk about recruits, and he hates Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Um, he says it was good for the dog, so Mote's into the into the podcast tonight, guys. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have and him back around. Look- no cheap shots at Mav Stink, though. I haven't, I haven't heard any of that yet. Yeah, actually, he just says, one of his comments says, I hate Marsha, 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 despise Mav Stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't mind okay. the filthy, dirty dogs. <laughs> oh. Well, we do have some uh, questions about, you know, recruiting and what's going to happen from here on out. But uh, before we get to that, let's listen to our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit vintagemnhockey.com and follow them on Twitter at vintage MN hockey. All right. Nate Wells wants to know Viggs if you miss him yet. Well, obviously I saw that there was a pit bull concert coming to Minnesota and I figured that would be a good reunion spot. <laughs> that's a little weird you know not running into the same people at availability every week uh drew nate and i were were the stable of people who were there most consistently this yeah. year so it's a little different not having those every week yeah and it'll probably be different next year too and you know once monsco takes over you know different voice and it might be a little refreshing i guess yeah it'll be a change it'll be interesting i know he's a more off the cuff relaxed guy so it'll be Interesting to see how those go. All right, Hammy, what do we have to look forward to next season? 
<laughs> and I mean that in recruit recruiting wise. We, you know, we we just lost Middlestead, we lost Lindgren. Uh, who's going to come in? Who's going to save us next year? Well, I don't know that we're going to see <laughs> anybody that's a savior. I mean, if if we didn't, you know, Middlestead didn't even you know save us per se this year. So, um, you know, I think that it's just going to be interesting to see what the you know the new voice in the room is going to bring to the players that, you know, were on the team this year and, and to see what kind of happens if it kind of re-energizes that some of these guys, uh, you know, I think that some of the, I think we talked about it last podcast, some of the players, I think, yes, some of them are dinged up, but I also believe that some of them maybe didn't take necessarily the same attitude coming into the season, uh, especially after coming off of a successful prior season. And I think that that had an impact on things. So, Maybe this last year was a hard lesson for some of them, and uh, maybe the new voice in the room will uh, kind of get some of these guys back. And you know, and you know, we all know that Motsko likes a you know up and down the rink kind of a style, and like you know, his teams have generally been pretty good scoring teams. So um, I'm sure some of these guys will be excited at the you know the prospect of having. Not that Lucia was exactly playing the trap, yeah. but uh, I think that certainly Motsko brings that kind of a reputation you know, as an offensive coach. So that'll be a positive for some of them as well. Now, do we know if the Nevers kid was a Lucia Bell type of get, or is that a Motsko get, guys? Anyone? Well, I know what Vig's opinion is, so go ahead, <laughs> Vig's. <laughs> well, I I feel like it's a Bell commit. You know, Motsko hasn't really gone after Edina-type players in the past, and there's a lot of Edina guys committed to the program right now, and there's a lot of Edina guys mm-hmm. on the program right now, and I – I feel that that's more of a Bell uh, Lucia connection. I think that that's a Lou Nanny connection. <laughs> no, I'm not, and I'm not joking about that either. Yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly believe that that's a thanks for the help, Lou. And I mean, because they, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I think that when you're, I think actually they might even be neighbors. I don't even know for a hundred percent, but I know. Um, there's definitely a connection there. And, and uh, I played against his dad in baseball back in the day in high school. So Old Tommy yeah. Nevers? Yeah. Uh, his, he was a shortstop. He was a good player. Uh, obviously, he got, you know, did well. So, um, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, I don't know that that was necessarily a kid we had to have. And so I have a feeling that that was more of a, you know, wink, wink kind of a deal. Um <laughs> But I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, I hopefully he's going to turn out to be a really good player. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He obviously was successful at Edina, but I also kind of feel like, well, I, I don't know that that was one that we absolutely had to have like right now, you know, and for a new coach to come in. Um, I, I just, I think that their main thing right now is finding maybe a couple guys that they can have immediate help from them. Um, and that's, more of the vibe that I think that you're going to see with Moscow than, you know, is more the immediacy of some things as opposed to, um, you know, some of the things a couple of years down the line right now. All right. Well, Viggs, who's going to save us? Which freshman's going well, to come think, in and which freshman's going to come in and dazzle us next year? We hope. <laughs> well, kind of like Hammy said, I don't think there are freshmen who can come in and dazzle McLaughlin. <clears throat> Might be that guy. You know, he's a talented yeah. player for Chicago and the USHL who's been productive all year, but I don't think he's a savior. I think what's going to turn this team around is figuring out how to unlock guys like Sadek and Zulstorf, you know, and Phillips. 
figuring out ways for those guys to be more productive at the college level. And I think that's the biggest challenge to Moscow and whatever his staff is, is trying to figure out how to get those guys playing and how to get, you know, even Tyler Nanny going, you know, playing more consistent, figuring out how to use his offensive skill while not making mistakes. And that's going to be the biggest challenge for the team moving forward because they have plenty of talent. I think coming into the season, we were looking at their forward group as a pretty deep group. And even though they've had a couple guys graduate and sign early, there's still a lot of talent on the roster. It's not as bad as it looked this year. Well, we also had some guys who just didn't perform. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she, I mean and, she, he, and yeah. Novak were hurt all yeah. season or coming back from injury. You know, I, I think Hammy downplays that a little bit, but I, I don't think those guys were healthy all year. I think they rushed back into play, and I don't think they were ever truly healthy. And you know, they were trying to trying to play through it. And you know, I, I thought there could have been some things done to kind of shake up the lineup during the season to yeah. improve production, and that never happened. Yeah, we kind of talked about that during the season. Like the, the Bristed probably should have sat a couple games just to send a message. It never happened, uh, and he went out with a whimper. That was it. He's gone. He's back in Sweden, isn't he? Uh, he's staying to graduate, and he'll play okay. in Sweden next year. Okay. But um, you know, another thing that we saw just as a few days ago is you know the they had their the awards and for the Gophers, and uh, a lot of freshmen got their. Uh, Letter jackets, including Mr. Le- Middlestead, but uh, we also saw quite a few of those. Uh, two of them had uh, slings on, Hammy. Did you notice that, that some guys had some little minor surgery? Anything we need to worry about? No, I mean, not that. I mean, it, we're so far off yet. Um, you know, I don't think those, any of that stuff is major. I just think, you know, sometimes you have to clean up a few <laughs> things. True. You know what I mean? I, I just, you get dinged, and especially shoulders. I mean, you kind of just want to usually those aren't going to be something that are going to put you out a long time. And if you are going to be out a long time, it's usually something that you happen during the season. And none of these guys were out of the lineup to that degree. So I don't think it's going to be anything major in that sense. Now, Viggs, did we ever get a sense from the players about the disappointment, um, you know, of their season ending so early? Uh, I mean, you know, when they were lot, when they lost to Penn state, you know, they were still a, at the time, 99% chance they were going to get in. You know, even that day that they didn't make it, there was still a 98% chance they were going to get in or whatever. And uh, there there had to have been a lot of disappointment on these kids. Did we ever hear from a, a lot of these guys? Not really for the media availability stuff. You know, I sense more a lot of frustration most of the season, even, okay. even when they were doing well. You just didn't really sense a lot of contentment going on in the locker room. You thought maybe they had something going when they got a little streak before Penn State. Um, but I think this was a tough year for a lot of guys on the team, a, <laughs> a lot of conflict going on and, you know, not a very close group from what you could tell, uh, from availability, even a couple of guys saying, you know, after games where they lost, not everybody was on the same page and it's kind of rare to have guys call each other out like that. Wow. I mean, uh, bad locker room, Hammy. <laughs> Well, I mean, I honestly, well, we, we under, it gets underplayed when we talk about recruiting and whatever, but, you know, because people fall in love with what they see statistically, or if a guy can skate really fast or whatever. Um, But the reality is, is, you know, sometimes you have to really be careful about the, the, the character and the personalities that you bring into a locker room because chemistry does count. And I, I know from having talked to, 
Genzel after the season that one of the things that he felt they were lacking was just a lot of toughness in front of both, you know, offensively and defensively around the net. Um, I know that if he had ended up being the head coach, that he was definitely going to focus more heavily on kind of some guys that kind of come from more blue collar backgrounds Mm -hmm. that maybe have a little more greediness to them, maybe a little bit more of a, um, a work ethic and character that maybe we haven't seen with certain players that maybe come from backgrounds that are a little more privileged. Um, I'm not saying that players from those backgrounds don't work hard all the time and whatever, but sometimes they don't. And you kind of need some of those guys that bring that kind of um, work ethic and character and um, some of that kind of down to earth attitude. And maybe we were lacking a little bit in that. So that would probably, that wouldn't shock me. Okay, guys, we've got some questions via Twitter um, that have come in over the last couple of, Well, I could scroll back and even go back even further, I guess. But uh, let's hit a couple that we saw that I saw today. Um, Tom D. Martino, he kind of wants to know, do the Gophers switch gear providers this year instead of Bauer? Do we know this? Are they switching providers? I know that, that Moscow is a CCM guy, so we could see a, a switch to more CCM stuff even during his – Let's play hockey announcement. He had a CCM jacket on instead of a Bauer Gopher one. Oh, so some something to watch for there. Because um, yeah, they're wondering if there's going to be new uniforms because you know we've had a couple alternates, but have the the basic. I mean, the uniforms have been pretty much the same for quite a while, haven't they? Anyone? You're asking the wrong <laughs> dude. Man. I'm not, I don't pay a, a lick of attention to that stuff. <laughs> I'm in the fashion, dude, but I'm not in that kind of fashion. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's just asking. He had a he had a bunch of questions. He's like, new assistants, next year's roster, new defensemen. <laughs> um, I mean, he kind of wants to know all of what's going to happen. Unfortunately, we just don't know. And, and and I'm guessing the uniform thing is a contract thing anyway, isn't it? Vx, it's was it probably every few years they have those kind of contracts. Yep, every few years it'll open up. I'm not sure the details with uh, Nike Bauer, as Minnesota is a pretty prevalent Nike school, but hockey sometimes gets the exception. Yeah. Um, one guy wants to know about the upcoming recruiting classes, possible immediate additions. Um, Hammy, do we, do we see any changes, people coming in early um, because of, you know, like a Lindgren leaving or, or things like that? Well, I think what we saw recently was, uh, you know, Ben Ben Myers, uh, or is it Meyer? I can't remember. Was it Meyer? I think it's. In any case, uh, he had had committed to Nebraska Omaha. I don't know about. Well, I think it was like early March, so a little over a month ago, and um, heard. I don't know if he's announced it on his Twitter, but I've I've heard that he's committed to the Gophers now. I, I believe that they even had that in a. Uh, in a lineup chart in his USHL team. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I, he's going to be, I think, uh, kind of what we're looking at, maybe a little bit of an older player coming in. He had a, um, a pretty solid uh, year this year in USHL. And so I think that that's probably what they're, you know, I've heard a rumor that um, there's, and I don't want even want to say what the background of the player is, but I've heard that there's a player that, um, Denver and the Gophers are finalists. Uncommitted. Oh, kind of lost, lost you there for a second, Hammy. Did I? Did you lo- no, yeah, I was going to say, um, in any case, I heard that there was a player that the Gophers um, are looking into that's uh, a pretty good player, but 
had been uncommitted, and I think it's just because of his background, oh. um, maybe made it a little bit more of a challenge. So I, I that might be something that happens for next fall. I don't know yet. We'll have to see on that one. So I just think that there's, like I said earlier, I think that they're looking more for you know, what's maybe a more immediate help. And I think yeah. that that might push back some of the guys that you might think are, are going to come in. You know, we've talked about Jackson Nelson or some of these other guys, uh, Garrett Waite, you know, is he going to come in or not right this year? You know, I think that that's some of, of what we're probably, they're probably figuring out now, you know, the, the yeah. coaches trying to figure that out. And, um, and it might be where some of these guys don't end up coming here because, you know, they feel like, hey, we got to find a more immediate help with something and maybe defensively or whatever. And um, maybe that pushes a guy out to the point where he just wants to go elsewhere. You just never know. I mean, coaches aren't married to guys that they didn't, you know, recruit, right? So they have a, kind of an easy out in a sense like, hey, well, I didn't recruit you. Um, and I'm not sure I see you in my plans. Yeah. I can release, you know, you can be released and, you know, find another option, you know, whatever it might be. So I think that has yet to play out with some of these guys. And Viggs, that makes it even more tricky. You know, you have a coaching change, you know, he might not, he w- might want to go in a different direction. And and plus, you know, I'm looking at another question like here from Tim Hapke. He says, do you see any other early departures this off season? Another early departure could just really throw a, a lot of chaos into Motsko trying to put a, a team together this fall. Yeah, and I think that's why Motsko has been so busy at USHL ranks, at the you know the HP camps and stuff, and just trying to get a handle on you know the players that are out there and are available, and figuring out what he needs. Um, you know, Myers was a guy who was committed to Maine and then Nebraska Moss, so he's flipped a couple times. Um, yeah. Stucker was a guy who was committed to CC and then committed to Minnesota, and a new coach has the opportunity to kind of reset the timelines for all these guys because Minnesota struggled so much to get older, you know, cause a lot of times when they have these early departures, they just grab somebody from the class that they wanted to have play a year of juniors. Well, this mm-hmm. is an opportunity for Moscow to say, Hey, you know, I, maybe I want you in the program, but I need you to play until you're 19 in the USHL. And it's a great opportunity for him to push some guys out a little bit and bring in some of his guys. Maybe who can bring a little bit more grit than who are going to be 20 next year. So well, I think that's, a, that's the big challenge right there. Yeah. And I think that that, like I said, I think that's an advantage for him is that he has the ability right now to, cause he's not backing out on any promises that he personally made, you know, so he can come in and play that kind of a role where it's like, Hey, I need you to, you know, I need you to push yourself out another year or whatever, or it might be, you know, I think he's certainly going to look at opportunities to, you know, go after some kids that are already verbally committed elsewhere. I mean, I think the irony to me is I think you're going to quickly see that the guy that was all about the gentleman's agreement when he was at St. Cloud is going to be like, yeah, the hell with that stuff now that (laughs) he's at the U because now he sees the other side of the coin where, Hey, it doesn't really benefit me to have this gentleman's agreement. So I'm not going to bother with it. So it's what I've always said is that these coaches will say what's ever going to benefit them. You know, that's what they're going to support. It's not because they have some, you know, great character, you know, that other coaches don't have. It's like, no, it's benefiting them to have this gentleman's agreement. That's why they want it. And the guys that don't benefit from it, they don't want it because it doesn't benefit them. So it's like, uh, it's all a matter of where your position is at that time. And I think that we'll see that with our current 
you know, our next, our current coach now. He'll change. I'll his also tune. be interested to see how he changes his tune on early recruiting, because one of the things that's going to be talked about at the convention next week is if they're going to put in a rule that says you can't contact recruits until Jan one of their sophomore year. And that's something that the big 10 has been pretty vocal to, to Institute. I know it's something that Brett Larson has talked about wanting to Institute when he was on beyond the pond. Uh, a lot of other coaches think it'd be a good thing. You know, some of the, the coaches out East who have to compete with major junior don't like it. And a lot of the NCHC guys didn't like it at the time when I talked to them, but it's yeah. something that might be coming to college hockey here pretty soon. And it would definitely benefit Minnesota not have to recruit, you know, all those 14, 15 year old kids and focus on the older players. So the question I have is, are they trying to get together to make a recommendation to the NCAA to make a rule? Or is it something where it's going to be just like the gentleman's agreement where it's like, Hey, none of us are going to do it because let's be no, honest. It, none of these, none be, of these, dudes... it would be a rule. It's something okay. that the Ivy leagues and, and, and lacrosse and a couple so other sports are looking at doing. Yep. So it would be an, okay. Cause that I could believe in, but there's no way in hell these dudes are going to police themselves because they've proven to be, utter failures at doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, you give them a loophole, you know, they're going to find a way to work around it. So if, unless it's an NCAA rule, it's just going to be wasted breath. So yep, hopefully, that's the idea yeah, is to I, make it an NCAA rule. Yeah. Well then, I, I mean, I think that would be great for everybody involved. I definitely, and to be honest with you, the people that talk about, you know, major juniors and all, oh, they might pluck players away. It's like, you know what, if they're going to pluck players away, then let them because they're obviously not committed to college hockey anyway. So I don't know what the hell they're whining about. It's like, if there's a kid <laughs> who's going to back out of his commitment, you know, because you didn't give him a scholarship or he, or because he's going to go that route because you didn't give him a scholarship offer at 15. It's like, all right, see you later. I mean, honest to God, there's enough players out there where if you lose, you know, 20 guys to major juniors that are pretty good players. It's like, so what? These days, I mean, you're going to find 20 good players to replace them. Maybe they're not going to be first-round picks, fine, but you're still going to have a high-quality, um, you know, college hockey environment. So it's, let, let them go, you know. So I, I don't – I think that's kind of a weak, you know, ra- rationale is that whole major junior thing. Okay. Um one thing I just kind of wanted to talk about a little bit here, uh, guys, is uh, the the influence of one Mr. Lou Nanny. Um, obviously, the guy loves the program, but uh, you know, from what we've heard of some of this, of uh, you know, the, the panel to, to to get the coaches, um, I, 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 there's something about Lou Nanny's influence that's starting to bother me down at the U. Am I wrong in thinking this, guys? Uh, well, for me, I mean, I've already made it very clear. I said it on Twitter. I mean, to me, he should never have been a part of the interview process. We've got lots of alums out there that can provide a quality voice. I think you heard what Jordan Leopold on Beyond the Pond kind of talk about this. Um, I, look, I know he's done a lot for Gopher Hockey and Minnesota Hockey, and, you know, that's great, but to me – You've got a grandson on the team. Yeah. You're one of the guys you're interviewing was his position coach. So if you haven't, you know, if you disagreed with how he was played, and let's be honest, it wasn't like he was getting the prime spots all year, and he even played forward at times. I mean, you know what I'm saying? To me, that's just a, a conflict of interest. There absolutely, to me, it was 
a little embarrassing to me that coil to me that was freaking ridiculous it's like dude use your freaking head that, that's <laughs> to me a no-brainer where you just don't have a guy in the room that has that kind of a potential bias i don't care who it is um there's lots of smart hockey people that went to the u it's not just lou nanny that has a brain and so i just think that that was a dumb dumb thing to do they should have had you know hey have nicoletti in there have you know, some uh, maybe have a, a different generation than just Lou Nanny. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that was a bad decision. Well, I think one problem, Viggs, is that, uh, boy, Lou Nanny does a lot of fundraising for the U.N. It's not just hockey. It's for football. It's for a lot of things. Um, but I, I do agree that, you know, there's got to be some separation there. The only kind of curveball I throw at this conversation is I think Coyle had his mind made up months ago that Moscow was his guy. And this kind of committee to interview candidates at the end was almost kind of a dog and pony show. I think he had his mind made up. You look at how he hires coaches for other sports like Lindsey Whalen and PJ Fleck. And, you know, Mark Coyle kind of has his mind made up before the job is even open. So I think this is just trying to get buy-in from Lou Nanny because they need to raise, you know, sixty, seventy million dollars still for the projects they have on the docket, and he wants the buy-in from Lou Nanny to make that happen. And he thinks including him in the process is going to make that more likely to happen and raise the money. Then he's going to do it. You know, I think it's probably unfair to, to guys like Mike Denzel if that's the process that was put in place, but. That's what Mark Coyle wanted to do, and you know I think he got his guy whether or not he had a committee or not. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with that, but if that's what you're going to – if you already have your mind made up to me, then you have to start thinking about what's the perception going to be. And to me, it would have been a lot smarter to just remove that potential you know, conflict of interest with a particular committee member. It's like – I don't know. I, I just think it was stupid. It's made me lose respect for certain. I've lost respect for Nanny. I can tell you that right now. I've lost respect for what the process was. I don't disagree with the final decision in terms of who they hired. That's great. I think he's going to be a really good coach here. But I just think that it, it was disappointing to me as, as somebody that went to the school. I have two degrees from the school. I feel like, yeah, I didn't play in the program, but to me, I've invested a lot of time, energy, money, you know, over the years into the program. And it bugs me when I see my alma mater do things that I think <laughs> are kind of no brainer things not to do. Well, why well, my I, opinion. I, yeah. Well, I also think some of it too, is when you hear somebody like, you know, a Jordan Leopold and a Johnny pole talking on beyond the pond saying they have no idea who's on the committee. Um, these are pretty big names in the program. The guys that brought national championships and, uh, you know, they might have been out of the loop, but the, at least they sound interested in it. And the fact that they had no clue who was on the committee and, and why maybe, you know, players from, you know, a bunch of generations weren't involved, um, I think that says a lot. No clue who was on the committee. Oh, <clears throat> there. Are you there, guys? No, I'm here. Yep, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I, I just think that those guys are a little checked out as well because they distanced themselves from Don Lucia and they yeah. weren't on yeah. the button of the program. So I think that's part of the issue too. You know, Leopold was invited to the press conference thing on Wednesday, but he didn't go cause he was going out to Buffalo to see Middlestad's debut. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and so he was, he was kind of checked out sound, as well. 
he wasn't all that educated on some of the things he said True. on that broadcast as well. I mean, some of the things he said it was like, have you been paying attention lately? You know what I mean? <laughs> like to some of the things been going on. I so. But I think that's just it. They haven't been paid attention because you know I'm sorry, they're just not fans of the Don Lucia, and they've been kind of distancing themselves with it. I mean. I, 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 we hate to say it, but it's you know I think it's 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 pretty true, and that you know that the, the the U hasn't reached out to the to the these players and try to keep them involved. They, they've reached out, but they yeah. they haven't reciprocated. They don't care anymore to be involved. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I don't, I don't know. I I just think it's obvious that a lot of these alumni don't like the Don, whether if they played for him or not, and I think that was an issue. That uh, was hopefully taken care of. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, <laughs> well, you, well they when you have your alumni like Jordan Leopold and Tom Chorsky and Kevin Hartzell taking shots like they do at the program, that's not helping things either. That's not a productive move for them to be so critical because that carries over into the people that they associate with. You know, the hockey community is yeah. pretty tight knit around here. When you have those kinds of people taking shots at the program all the time, and not trying to make it better, that's not going to help either. It's it's almost like those guys would be better off if they weren't associated with Minnesota. Well, yeah, and it's kind of like, I don't know. I think that it's it's fine to have an opinion, but I also think that these guys think they're a lot smarter than they are sometimes, and I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I, I get, you know, being frustrated and all that, but I also feel like, you know, get on board. I'm not saying you have to 100% agree with everything the coach does. And I'm not saying that behind closed doors, you can't talk to the athletic director and make your feelings known or whatever. That's all well and good. But um, saying things publicly, that's not doing anybody any good. It's to me, it's stupid. I don't, I I don't know. I I felt felt like there was a little bit too much of self-serving, you know, stuff that went on with some of these guys and it just, it's counterproductive. Hopefully it, it, it ends now that the change has been made. No, I hope so too. Because uh, uh, you know, obviously their their the donations have kind of stopped coming. They, you know, they lost the weight room last second. Who knows what happened there? Um, uh, hopefully, this is a good turnaround time here, Viggs, because they they need it. Well, I did see Dan Brooks at the coach hiring press conference, so that's that's good to get that part of yeah. Minnesota hockey back on on board. Because I know that was a family that felt a little distance from the University of Minnesota. Yes. And so to have them back on board should help. Uh, but at the same time, you know, these guys got to decide what, what do they really want to get out of it? You know, do they want to see Minnesota be a successful program? Well, then they got to circle the wagons and, and figure out how to do that. And I think that's going to be a strength of Moscow is he's going to, you know, try to rebuild those friendships and those relationships in the program. And, like Hammy said, you know, if there's a problem, there's a better way to to help the program going, you know, you know, quietly to the coach or to the athletic director than to take the pot shots like they do from their their perches, like Chorsky and Clymer and Hartzell take. Yeah, you know, I think the other thing we have to remember is that as much as crap as Lucia might take at you know might have been taking at times, if you look at where you know Moscow's taking over from where Lucia took over from Wooger, you know, Lucia had a tougher go. If you look at the last couple of years of Woog's era, I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it was below 500. It was pretty bleak. That's not where this program right now is being handed off. I mean, he's got a lot better 
situation. I think he's got a real good recruiting pipeline already in place. He, you know, will probably make a few adjustments um, to some of these things. But the point being is that I think that um, it's not quite to the, you know, there's a lot more to bitch about 20 years ago um, than there is right now. So I think that people need to kind of keep that in, you know, in their consideration as well. Yeah. But that, I think that's only true to a, to, to a point because, you know, 25 years ago, whatever, when Wooger's or 20 years ago, when Wooger's started, teams started playing down, um, there still wasn't that many great teams out there. It was, it was quicker to recover, to reload. Uh, these days there's a lot more hockey players out of there's damn good players. There's a lot more teams. There's a lot more parity. So turning it around and, you know, or so-called turning it around, I think it's much more difficult now than it was for Lucia. Well, I'll be honest with you. I think while I agree, there's more competition. I also kind of feel like the whole parody thing is just sort of a weak excuse. Yeah, I mean, could to be, me, yeah. it's, to me, that's about lowering expectations for me. I don't want the high expectations or I don't want, to be held to those expectations. So let me manage them by giving, you know, by tweaking my message about parody. And it's like, you know, I, I realize that you're not going to roll through the competition. Like it's the 19s, you know, seventies anymore. I totally don't disagree with that, but I also feel like would you have the recruiting back, you know, backyard that we have here when you have, you know, you know, our facilities are heading in the right direction now. They were struggling for a little bit, like we talked about earlier, but they're going to be heading in the right direction. To me, you don't have that many excuses. You just don't. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying you have to be winning NCAA titles every year. I'm not saying that you have to be a conference champion every year. But the point being is that you should be in that conversation pretty much every year as a team that can legitimately win it. To me, there's no excuse at the U to not have that be yeah. the expectation. Doesn't mean you win it every year, but you should be in, in that conversation. And um, the whole parody thing to me is just kind of a weak way of saying, "Well, I don't want to have that expectation on me." Well, I clearly think the expectation should be to make the tournament every year, like North Dakota did for I think 15 years in a row. That just broke this year. And it could be for a national title. I don't think that's unrealistic, even in this age of parity. I think some people would think that they should be in the championship game or winning titles every two, three years is a little out of line. But they should be making the tournament. And they should have made it this year, and they would have in almost any other year except for the four auto bids that went outside the top 16. Nathan Wells would like to know he missed part of the show. Have you have you reached the point of the show where Camerata gets brought up again? <laughs> I already cursed once. I already hit my quota, so I don't know that I'm allowed. <laughs> Plus, I don't want I don't want to get like any whining from the uh, sports information director. Apparently, I already create the whining by my comments uh, on Twitter, so I don't want to like create more whining. Sorry. Oh boy, yeah. You weren't a fan of those comments from uh, former players, Hammy. What's that? Oh, the quotes. Ah, whatever, dude. It just <laughs> felt like too much of a. It just felt like a dude who's trying to convince a girl to like him too much. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, just be yourself, and you're gonna be all right. But it kind of felt like trying too hard to convince the girl that you're worth the effort. I don't know. Whatever. I guess I, you know, I'm a marketing guy, so I guess I sort of understand it, but it kind of felt like yeah. enough 
a little bit too much. I'm just having fun with you, Hammy. I, I figured you'd good. be. I figured you'd be high on drugs after that root canal today. No, that was just a little Novocaine action. <laughs> I hate that feeling. You can't. It's like you can't even eat because you feel like you're going to bite half your tongue off because yeah. you don't know what's there. <laughs> All right, guys. You know, I think this is going to be the last podcast unless something big happens over the summer. So, uh, any thoughts before we take our long break, Vigs? <laughs> no pressure. This team has a has a lot of uh, potential for next year. You know, we saw what Grant Petolny did at Northern Michigan, taking over a, a team and giving him a different message. You know, he had a very successful year. I don't think it's unreasonable to think Monsko can't do the same thing with this roster. Regardless of what kind of freshman he brings in, I think uh, they need to try to find a way to get older. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice for them to find a couple Nick Sealer type guys to add to the roster to kind of fill out the depth on defense and give them some more steady physical guys. It's something that they're really lacking. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who the leadership is for this program next year. You know, you look at guys like Jack Ramsey and Darian Romaco. You know, those are the kinds of gritty players that this team needs. A voice from, and I think they were turning to Middlestat Lindgren a lot last year, and maybe we're missing the right messaging. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to this team over the off season as they find their voice. Thoughts, Hammy? Well, I mean, and then we just lost them. <laughs> That's a good thought. <laughs> I think t- Hammy, you, did you hit the mute button there, Hammy? Say again. <laughs> right as you started talking, you stopped. We didn't hear a thing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> can you hear me now? We can hear you now, um, but it was like it was a good, it was a good, it was a good thought when we heard nothing from you. <laughs> uh, well, that's. I'm sure there's some haters out there that would agree with that. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, what I was saying is that it's going to be exciting. I think for you know to have that new voice and to see what kind of you know, energy that does bring to the program is something that I've wanted to see, you know, for a couple of years was, you know, kind of at least some sort of a succession plan. And now we're there. Um, I'll be interested to see who the assistants, you know, turn out to be. I think that'll be uh, very interesting to see what they can bring for energy. Um, I think obviously the key next year, I think is going to be defensively. What happens? Do, Do we see some improvements, some certain players? Do we see maybe a guy have that Mike Vanelli, you know, sudden jump, you know, an improvement, you know, from one year to the next, um, you kind of have to hope that something like that happens. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the, what kind of changes will happen, um, with a new, you know, rec- head recruiter, you know, somebody with a different philosophy, what changes they might make, um, you know, different players that they might go after that maybe in the past, um, the prior regime might not have gone after, or maybe they you know, wouldn't maybe this current regime will say, Hey, I don't want that kind of player. So yeah. I think that'll be mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so there's just a lot of, I think things to look forward to. I think that there's been a lot of complaints about, you know, big 10 and all this other stuff. We saw the big 10 was a lot better this year. I think we'll continue to see that improvement. I, um, it might not have the built in in-state rivalries that people want, but um, I think it's going to be a really good conference moving forward. And, so I think there's a lot to be excited about, and, and I'm I'm kind of you know excited to see what happens this off season. Um, usually at this time of year, I'm like, Ugh, I'm glad the summer's here. I need a break, and <laughs> I kind of do want that break a little bit. But I'm also kind of looking forward to seeing what kind of happens in the coming months because I think next year 
it might not be you know a championship year by any means, but I think it'll be a good year. I think it'll be an entertaining year, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, one thing we do know, the Big Ten is improved, but uh, unfortunately the NCHC won their third straight title, Viggs. <laughs> yeah, and Minnesota will kick things off next year with uh, the defending champ. They'll yeah. start off in Duluth the uh, first weekend. Yeah, that's 170 days away, folks. 170 days away from the season kicking off in Duluth, so that'll be fun. I know Viggs and you, have might... the, you have the you have the ticker going right. I do have the ticker. It's it's like 170 and 20 some odd hours or something like that right now. So gotcha. The the ticker is going. Uh, Viggs, you, you you might not be able to make it up there with homecoming, right? It's going to be a tough choice. You know, I, I like to <laughs> row the boat, so it's uh, <laughs> Iowa and homecoming. I'm hoping for an 11 o'clock kickoff, and then. Uh, Maybe make the trip up there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. If it's 11 o'clock kickoff, you might be able to pull it off as long as you're not drinking so heavily. So we'll Maybe we'll get see. a shuttle op- operated. <laughs> well, I want to thank all you people who listen to us live, who listen to us recorded you know, on the download. You know, This is our seventh season. We're wrapping up tonight. Uh, and we'll be back next next October. And Better than ever, we hope, and with a new, new with a new coach, we'll have new complaints and new people bitching, and we'll be here to hear, we'll be here to uh, listen to those complaints, and uh, and we'll talk about it, right? New whipping boys, you know? <laughs> new whipping boys, new players All to right. rip on, so new recruits to rip on, you know, yeah, for people, some some people on GPL hating on sixteen year olds that aren't performing to the level they expect. <laughs> Well, remember, you can always follow Hammy on Twitter, at HammyHockey, and eVigo for following Viggs. Uh, Viggs, any, you working on anything for the Athletic currently? Not you, at the moment. I'm no. in my off-season of just enjoying uh, hockey as a fan. It's always fun to see all the college hockey alums yeah. playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is. Viggs should be working on my free membership to the Athletic. Oh, jeez. be working on. <laughs> Cheap-ass handy. What, there's not, a fa- there's not a friends and family discount? <laughs> You know, we tweet offers all the time. Yeah, I'm it, sure I can find a 40% off offer for you. <laughs> all right, all right. But uh, that's what you give everybody, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a great it's a great value. You know, uh, I think we kicked out 140 articles uh, yes, did. for the college hockey season. So it's good, good value there. All right, guys. Another great season. Thanks. We'll be back in October. Later. Later. <laughs>